a podcast by artists for artists. We talk cash about everything. Sometimes we get messy and it all counts as art because we say so. I'm Mel. Today I'm black and a woman and an artist, not necessarily in that order. This week I'm taking a sabbatical from all 12 of my jobs because it is Black History Month and I am tired. Now if the powers that be will just give me my sabbatical money, we'll be all square until like next Tuesday. Yo, what's up? I'm Maximiliano, a.k.a. Maxi Max, a.k.a. Maxi Fresh, a.k.a. Maxi de Medici, um, looking for my pound of flesh. I don't say this, but other people do. Pop Smoke of Portland, shout out all the shawties and the baddies in the queue. Um, I may insert some Pop Smoke music here. Play. I had to apply the pressure, cause you my hidden treasure. I think I'm falling in love. She said, What you know about love? I got what you need. Woke up in the store and get what you want. You get what you please. We about to get it on. Take off them drawers. It's just you and me. You know what I be on. I'm about to go wrong. Cause I like what I see. Subscribe to be a Patreon of NTP. We have tons of great perks. Um, the first one, of course, supporting us, duh. But also, we have exclusive Patreon-only podcast episodes and our now legendary Patreon exclusive long-running zine publication, Book of Sedition. NTP, we got an Etsy. With all of our publications and our newest one, Black Abbey. We got totes, we got buttons, we have advice, etc. Subscribe <laughs> to us on iTunes and all streaming platforms. Follow us at Nat Turner Project on all social medias. You got a question or you got a comment? You want to confess your love of Melanie or me? Email us at natturnerproject0 at gmail.com because without the zero, it goes to some white lady on the East Coast. Word. All right, thanks, Max. Um, I'd also like to add that we are currently raising money for our 
Um, the, the, our fourth round of the NTP and a Black Art Ecology of Portland Relief Program, in which we give out stipends of $200 to Black and Indigenous and POC artists. Um, no strings, no questions asked, simple application. Um, we've done this three times before, um, and we are looking to raise money. We've found a donor who will match us at our final amount. So if you want to give, feel free to PayPal us. It's natturnerproject0 at gmail.com. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Also, if you buy anything from our Etsy this month, all of the profits will go towards the relief program. All right, so um, as you can probably guess, this episode is a special Black History episode with just me and Max, where we wanted to take a minute and talk about Black History Month or hashtag VHM, as it is called by some, not us, um, and what, it, what this very special month means to us both. So I guess the first place to start is how did Black History Month start? Max, did you get any intel on this? Yes, thank you, Melanie. Thank you for the um, accurate and amazing introduction here at Nat Turner Project. We love Black History Month. We, uh, we wait 11 months a year for this <laughs> month. Um, <laughs> so we're here to celebrate more festive than Christmas, more colorful than Easter, um, more hot than summer, um, more drunk than Thanksgiving. We're here uh, Black History Month, Nat Turner Project style as only Nat Turner Project can do it. Hashtag BHM. Um, yeah. Tweeting saves lives. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> how did Black History Month start? Well, Melanie, that's a great question. And I actually happen to half know that answer. So. <laughs> okay. Play it on us. All right. Black History how Month started as Negro History Week. I missed that everything else. As Negro History Week. Um, after the Emancipation Proclamation, after the Civil War, uh, post-Bedlam um, USA, it started as a week. Um, as we know, Abraham mm -hmm. Lincoln's birthday is in February, so mm -hmm. Black folks were celebrating Abraham Lincoln's birthday as mm -hmm. the, the great liberator, the great emancipator, Abraham Lincoln. Um, the penny does not do justice, but... Uh, <laughs> so his birthday was, was celebrated, was one of the first... Uh, things um, freed, the freed and emancipated people of the mm -hmm. Black diaspora uh, celebrated here in the States. And um, Abraham Lincoln's birthday was also close to Frederick Douglass's birthday. Yeah. And um, so those two birthdays were two near celebrations that uh, Black people were celebrating. Lincoln's birthday is February 12th and Frederick Douglass's was February 20th. Yeah, so there you go. Thank you, Melanie um for the stats and then yeah so so these two dates were being celebrated um together by black people and then as a way to start building some identity some self um from that so these celebrations came negro history week and from negro history week we have since expanded to black history month and soon it'll be african-american year yes i wanted to get to that just a couple of um, addendums. So the person who actually started Negro History Week was Carter G. Woodson. I think that's worth noting. And it expanded to Black History Week at Kent State University in February of 1969. So it's kind of a new 
thing that a uh, newish thing um, where it's expanded to Black History Month. But as you said, I feel like the only obvious progression from here is Black History Year. Give us our Black History Year. We fucking earned it. Okay. So how yeah, would you go ahead? I think it should be yeah, once a year, every year, um, each year. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Starting this year. Yeah. So how? What kinds of things should we do to celebrate Black History Year, which I'm gonna say starts this year. Um, I think we should we should pay we should pay all Black people student debts. Yes. Pay, uh, all debts of all Black people. Um, we should start there. Uh, what else? Some streamers. Um, mm. some noise poppers. Mm -hmm. Um. Black owned, of course, all black produced. We're not going to be buying our party supplies from white people anymore. I think that's where we can uh, make a line in the sand and that can be one of our stands. Um, no more white party suppliers. Mm -hmm. um, what else? What else is a uh, black history year? Um, <clears throat> we can uh, burn down all the prisons. We can let all the prisoners out. Um, yeah. We can penalize white weed sellers. Every white person that sells weed has to pay an additional tax um, that goes to black people to sell weed. Uh, <laughs> I think that I think we should penalize white people. I, I think that sounds like celebratory stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else can we do? We can do a lot of stuff, Melanie. I um, think that there should be an additional black stimulus retroactively um, covering the wage disparities in this country. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think um, what else? All the all the businesses that have got rich from the slave trade um, mm -hmm. should, they should they should have to pay a tax. Yeah, yes. they should do the reparations taxes. We should obviously get reparations. I guess just in general, start yes. that. reparations. Um, each of us get whatever forty acres and a meals equates to nowadays, like three point yeah. billion dollars a person. Um, Adjusting for inflation and cost of living. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And then um, dismantle Amazon while we're at it. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many things. There's so many things we could do. I think we we started there, and I think that would have a um, snowball effect of uh, addressing other um, plights like environmental racism, mm -hmm. um, slow death mm -hmm. things. Um, I think I think the the fine government folks at Flint, Michigan should immediately be indicted and sent. I know we're abolishing prisons, but maybe, maybe let's leave them open for those folks. Yeah, we'll, we'll put them in and then we'll abolish the prison. We'll burn the prison down after we throw them in. <laughs> um, no, I think, yeah, all the, all the, the, the businessmen, senators, government people from Flint should should all go in a water tank of yeah. poison. And let's go ahead and reopen up an investigation into Katrina while we're at it. Yeah, let's investigate literally everything. Let's investigate Katrina. Let's investigate so many of these um, state-sponsored assassinations, mm -hmm. uh, governments being overthrown. Mm -hmm. um, let's investigate everything. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm down for that. I think that is a solid start. And just to start, there's so much more to go. But I think that would be a great way to kick off Black History Year of 2020-21. Yeah. Yeah. I think, cool. too, like, maybe just, like, taking all the keys to everything important and giving them to Black people. Um, yeah. To CBS, to NBC, um, to Google, to Facebook. Mm -hmm. we'll, take, we'll just take all the keys. 
Let's establish solid quotas and boardrooms. Let's do that. Let's just go ahead and do that. Like there needs to be certain number of black folks and indigenous folks in your boardrooms, period. Otherwise you don't qualify for these special tax exemptions that you're going for. Yeah, I think that's really how you motivate white people's tax exemptions. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the secret is in the taxation. Yeah, well, I mean, isn't that what made them th overthrow the yoke of King George III? <laughs> so, taxation's our representation, the, the yep. worst crime against humanity. Yep, you got to get them in the pockets. <laughs> that's where it hurts the most. Yeah. Empathy, shmempathy, that's not, that's not what's going to get us free. Not in this here capitalist United States. Right. It's the money. You got to hit yeah. them in the money. <laughs> so. the, yeah, the Calvinists and predestinations, counting coins. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So I see here that you want to talk about the best hashtag BHM streaming services. Yeah. Okay. Well, as a, yeah, like as, as a uh, responsible member of the community, as somebody that thinks about people other than myself, I've staying inside and I've been watching TV <laughs> and for so for, you know usually I'm watching um boring white content but since it's oh. February I get access to exciting black content and I get to hear about black stories and black voices um, <laughs> so that's been really enriching for me um, uh -huh. to see to see how people live to see what life is like <laughs> You know what? You are so right, Max. There is nothing that warms my heart more than opening up a Hulu or a Netflix and them having a slate of family-friendly black stories for me that they've headed as such. And then it be things like Set It Off or Medea Goes to Prison or like things like that. Things that are great for the, for the family, people of all ages, really. So yeah, it's been great seeing these new stories. Yeah, and then you, you get into it. You're like, all right, okay, I'm, I'm starting to select the options. You're clicking on the arrows, and then the arrow ends after, like, <laughs> three or four. Because I know, like, Disney, they only had, like, two movies they could pull on <laughs> for their black voices. Yeah. And one just came out this year. <laughs> yeah. My favorite, my absolute favorite, is when they will have a movie listed um, under, like, Black Stories or Enjoy This Black History Selection. And then you click on the movie and there's only one black person in it. And at no point in the movie do they ever discuss race at any junction. But you know, it's a black story and, and black stories are diverse, even if there are hardly any black people in it. And that's important to remember. Yeah, I think those are, those are important stories too. Because <laughs> obviously we don't want too many black people, there should be a limit. Of course, of course. That's too <laughs> overwhelming. I mean, yeah. they had whole laws against that sort of thing. Not right. too long ago. Yeah, <laughs> as we wax and wane uh, reminiscently. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand. I understand the the logic of the streaming services. They don't want to overwhelm their their viewer. Yeah. <laughs> they want to get people unsubscribing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. It's important to remember that yes, we understand that black people are here, but we don't want to think about it all the time. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. I can. I feel bad for yeah all the the regular, the ordinary regular subscribers that logged onto their Netflix and had to wade through black voices just to find their regular white voice content. Yeah, all 10 of those black voices. That must be a lot for someone to deal with who's never had to think about it ever before, you know? Yeah, that's really unfair of us to, um, to put that oppression on them. <laughs> <laughs>
it is it is yeah <laughs> um but which one has the best one um i don't know maybe i feel like so, so i guess full disclosure my streaming services the ones that i have access to disney um amazon and netflix so those are the three i can rate um okay. i think disney has is the least um i think they have a uh, Soul and Songs of the South or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't don't they have a Princess and the Frog? Oh yeah, they yeah they have Princess and the Frog. So. <laughs> oh wait 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 hold up! They're getting the Brandy Whitney Houston um Cinderella. Okay, this- yeah. When is that coming? I can't remember, but I think it's that this month. Does that change things for you? For Disney, see, because I would still be. Maybe two movies I'd watch. Like maybe I'd watch Princess and the Frog. Maybe I'd watch Cinderella. Um, that's still two. So it's still yeah. it's still ranks three for me out okay. of my out of those three. That's fair. Um, what is I'm trying to remember what is what because I think I may confuse and say like and say a Netflix one, but it was on Amazon or something. So I'm trying to remember. Mm. I think um, yeah, Coming to America was on Amazon. Um, okay, wait but, for free. Yeah, for free right now. Shoot, I didn't one. know that. I, mean, I didn't know that. Okay. Then I want to say Vampire in Brooklyn was also Amazon. Oh. Or that was Netflix. See, that's where I, that's where I've been getting fucked up. Um. But um, I still haven't watched Sylvie's Love yet. That's on my list. I um, did watch that. Um, that's good, respectable, respect, respectable black content. You know, everyone upper middle class, even in the '60s and the '70s. Really beautiful set design. Everyone has jobs. There's no real mention of wealth disparity. It's great. Black people in business rooms. It's a, it's a good little continuation of like, you know, respectable black. So it's good. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? And, and along the same lines, I saw all about the Benjamins and I feel like that would, uh, that falls into okay. all those trappings. um i remember like watching the movie when i was a kid and thinking it's funny and then um at first i was like oh like i'm gonna be annoyed my like maybe an older version of me is annoyed by mike epps but um i still (laughs) still didn't think it was funny (laughs) (laughs) um it's just funny to think like um obviously it's funny to see like ice cube in any role either being like funny or trying to be tough or trying to be like but also too, like all these, like because all about the management still has that kind of uh, bad boys feel. Like, mm. like Ice Cube's a, a bounty hunter. I think they're in Miami, so it's no. still like this kind of like uh, black outlaw cop. But I'm still a cop, um, law enforcement kind of <laughs> thing. Um, but of course, like I think I was thinking about this movie. I was thinking about this earlier while I was watching um, all about the Benjamins, like. Uh, because there's like you know the bad guys they make really racist in these movies and like certain movies so it's like oh like oh yeah this guy when you know the guy's racist you're like oh that's a bad guy um or like oh that guy's but also too you know the more racist like a uh like the villain is or like a black movie the more you know he's gonna get like super fucked up at the end you know like the, the more over the top they are with the racism the more you know they're gonna get their shit pushed um so i was thinking about that too because like the movie starts with like uh some what is it like in some house uh shed somewhere like in swamp glaze what are the what are the everglades like the everglades of 
Florida or whatever. And then it's like, um, some guy has this huge like Confederate flag over his like window. And then that's like the house that, um, ice cubes, like trying to like serve a warrant on or something mm-hmm. like that. Then you say like, Oh yeah, this guy's going to get fucked up because he, as soon as you see like big ass Confederate flag, you know, it's only a matter of time before his shit gets pushed. Um, and then, yeah, I think ice cube eventually pushes this shit somehow. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's hard, though. Like, so I have, for for full disclosure, I have Disney Plus, HBO Now, or HBO Plus, whatever they call themselves. Who 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 knows? HBO Max or some shit. Um, Prime and Hulu. Um, and Netflix. So that's five, right? So I have quite a few to choose from. I think you're right about Disney. They're probably the lowest on the totem pole if we're being real. But I mean that makes sense, Disney. Um uh HBO now they have really good original programming with um black folks. So that's been really cool. They have I May Destroy You, they had Insecure, which is coming up on its final season. Um and they have kind of these random pockets of things that I enjoy, but it I wouldn't say they're prolific. Um I think Prime is doing some interesting stuff with this small axe thing. Um, but again, not overly prolific. I think Netflix, if we're being honest, is the one where like, if you watch enough black shit, like you can find more black shit, like the algorithm will generate it. So I think technically they win by default because just because they have more stuff. So Netflix. Yeah. Is your answer. Yeah. Tight. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Um, Netflix, um, but then yeah, I was still, I feel like I'm so confused on what I saw what on sometimes. So I'm like, oh, was that Netflix or Amazon? <clears throat> oh, wait. So I feel like we haven't talked about this in a while, but, um, Insecure. So yes. you've watched the most recent season? Yes. What do you think? I thought, I think it's one of the, it's maybe perhaps the best written season so far. Um, and I thought that the way that the characters of Molly and Issa, like watching their friendship disintegrate was really well done, but it was also really depressing <laughs> at times. And this season felt like the most, um, well, the least joyful of all four seasons in some ways. Like there were times where I felt legitimately like sad for both of them. Um, and I didn't feel that much sadness. There, there weren't an, enough moments of comedy and joy for me in this season. And that kind of bugged me. How did you feel about it? Um, yeah, I liked this season. Um, I always, I always like, yeah, I thought Molly was like my favorite character. So I always loved um, all the different stuff that having some Molly and Molly's character. I love that I actually started like having a good relationship um, with Andrew. Um, that one episode where they're like on vacation or whatever. And like then she has to deal with the brother and shit. Um and then yeah. the brother like gaslights her, like, oh that like that scene made me crazy, but it felt like too real too. Yeah, it was triggering. That whole scene was triggering for me. And then but um but then I loved too. I was like I was I was so on board for for um Lawrence and um Issa to get back together and like that was all my shit and I was there and then how it fucking ended, that that's like I was like, oh my god um yeah because i don't know like i don't know what the fuck's gonna happen like how like i don't see the way for that to end up well or for Ethan and Lawrence to ever be able to end up together now um spoilers yeah. i guess but uh that so yeah like i love the season that i thought was dead devastated me 
Um, and then also too, like I feel like we we didn't get much of uh, the other two characters. I already forgot their names. Um, the other two friends. You see like a little bit of them, but we don't see them. I feel like that much in this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really, I really enjoyed the season. Yeah, but then um, I'm curious to see how um, they take it after the season finale, after it all, how it ended. Yeah. Well, I mean, what did you think of the tone of this season compared to other seasons? Yeah, like, I agree with you that there's, like, less fun stuff, less, like, um, the four of them, like, hanging out together and being fun. Because even the parts where it seemed fun, like, that one episode where, like, Issa runs into that, like, other group of, like, friends hanging out. and you think Oh, all yeah. Fun, but then they were just, like, um, checking off, like, some list of things to, like, <laughs> do to, like, an L.A. person or something. Um, <laughs> so, like, shit like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, too, but, I mean... It it also felt, it feels so real, like, it feels, like, really feels like how friendships, like, ebb and flow sometimes, too, because then you're, like, you know, it's not like it's an intentional, but, yeah, you may be, like, losing contact with this friend, but at the same time, you're, like, having this relationship develop, so you're, like, oh, yeah, it's kind of, like, filling some of the holes, so, like, I would be filling from the absence of my friend, but, like, mm-hmm. not in the same ways, but maybe it makes, like, that other fading friendship easier to allow to fade, because you have this, like, uh, other positive relationship happening now too um, yeah that way for molly but i'll but I, I i honestly like i agree with molly all the time i think Issa is way more selfish um focuses on herself all the time like literally will just like call to talk about herself when molly's trying to like so like i i feel like i just <laughs> i side more with molly and i think Issa's. i don't know i like i feel more frustrated for for molly because like i feel like she was being a better friend and trying to sell me the friendship and like Issa's just like so selfish yeah yeah i think they both had questionable moments this season um the thing is to me it rang really real um because like the things they were complaining about were not necessarily changes in their behavior they were things that they had always been isa's always been selfish like that molly's always been the way she is it's just because they were changing these things were suddenly becoming a problem and I think that was really well done um, in terms of how you how a friendship can degenerate over time as the people change within them. But also really sad to watch. And like I would come out of episodes feeling kind of depressed and reminding me of shit that went down in my own friendships, you know. So it was a lot. I just need some more happy with this, especially since this is the, this is the last season. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know the next season was going to be the last one. <clears throat> I yeah, guess it makes sense because like what five five seasons yeah yeah i have to admit don't necessarily think that Issa and lawrence need to be back together i don't know if that was ever the way for them they weren't good together i don't know i didn't know like because i feel like i haven't like watched the early seasons since maybe they came out but um i feel like maybe they had things and obviously like you know we can talk about like the Lawrence having his breakup to be the motivator to get his shit together but Mm -hmm. um like so like could that have ever happened had like had they stayed together like I don't know but um Mm -hmm. but it it feels like but it feels like 
maybe maybe they were like I don't know I don't know how to how to explain it but it feels like it didn't feel wrong for me to to think about them potentially getting back together it seems like oh maybe they're both in better places now yeah like, like Lawrence is like the person that Issa always wanted them to be now and yeah I guess Issa has always been the person that Lawrence wanted yeah um so I feel like I feel like that was I could see it like working like oh Lawrence is now like um maybe he's not depressed anymore or he like doesn't like have self-loathing or whatever that's like holding him back yeah so I thought I thought it was going to be the thing but then fucking life man (laughs) life indeed life (laughs) yeah (sighs) I mean if we're going to be real, people do that all the time. They could very well end up be back together. They're just never going to be the same again. And that's real too. Like they weren't going to be the same again anyway. So, and I do like the chemistry between them, like shout out to the actors, but like, it was like electric when they were in scenes together. I felt that, but it's that thing. Like, is it a coincidence that they both got their shit together away from each other? I don't know. I don't know how good they were together. See, I, I I think about that then I because I wonder like because I think sometimes like this is just me like being an armchair therapist. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I think like you know sometimes that you you can see obvious things right like if you're in a relationship you it's easy to be like oh this other person could potentially be um, the source of some of my problems right mm-hmm. so it's like if you have something going on with you if you have something that like maybe you're unsatisfied with or maybe like Lawrence was like lacking motivation or like feeling depressed or like whatever this was it's I think it's easy to be like oh this is because I'm like trapped in this relationship with Issa when um it could be like misdiagnosing it's like oh it's not really this relationship but it's like that is like the easy thing to see that mm-hmm. like oh this relationship is potentially the problem when it could have been some other thing and I do agree that like I think working on yourself is a lot easier to do alone um but I think sometimes too we get out of relationships um because we think they're the problems when it's something else is a problem yeah that's just me being a Monday morning quarterback (laughs) um but it's an important note to make I think yeah so wait are you rooting for them to get back together I mean I don't know now like I would still love to like have um it makes sense but now it seems so complicated to where yeah. it's too complicated to like be that like pure love and not like that I feel like peers are weird word, but like you know when they were back together or when they were like getting back together like all that magic was there and it felt it just felt simple and right and now it's like oh we can still have these feelings for each other but like there's forever like a third person involved now at least yeah. a third person if not like four people involved now yeah <clears throat> I guess for me like Insecure has always been like a love story between Issa and Molly and I'm just happy that they're back together. And I hope that the end of season five sees them resolving all of that, like what was damaged this season and sort of like working towards like a stronger friendship. That'll make me happy. Yeah, no, I think that was a great point. I think, yeah, I would love, now knowing that the series is going to end next season, I would love, yeah, to like have some, yeah. like maybe the last scene is like a Molly Issa scene versus like a uh, Issa Lawrence or something else I think yeah I think that's way more fitting and appropriate yeah and I did low-key like like Nathan a lot but (laughs) whatever fine I mean I didn't dislike them I didn't dislike him he was just like whatever and (laughs) then he was like flaky and then um I didn't care reasons for that yeah like we find out later we find out later yes okay that's fine we find out later (laughs) 
but I feel like I didn't care that he came back. Um, so I was like, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, cause I, cause he's also like, I feel like I can think about like people that like try to like, have some flaky dip out and then try to come back um, and try to like, you know, work their way back into a thing. But I feel like you just don't like Nathan and you can just say that. That's fine. <laughs> like, I don't like Nathan. I just felt like between me of all like of the like Issa's loves, he's definitely in like the the last one on my list. Really? Okay. I just I love the vibe that they had when they were together. It was very much just kind of like friendship, but also like passion. It was just laid back. It was easy. Yeah, I like yeah. I don't. Yeah, there's friendship. I don't know how much passion. Um, because like because i i feel like yeah they're they're cool and they vibe with each other and i think and i feel that but then when i see lawrence and Issa like vibing with each other and joking with each other oh yeah that's nothing on nathan you know that's my games <laughs> agree to disagree it's fine <laughs> yeah I agree to disagree <laughs> um this has turned into a recap for insecure so i feel like we need to steer this ship back yeah <laughs> um, so, okay, I think the best BHM streaming service is Netflix, and you think it's? Netflix. Netflix. Okay, so we agree on that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so what does Black History Month mean to you, Max? Um, what does it mean to me? What does it mean now? Yeah, now. Um, I think it means uh, licensing and merchandising. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of trying to expand it. I like, um, you know, like any other business, if you have products, it's so much better to sell the products multiple times a year instead of just one month a year. Um, you know, just like a, a store that only works during uh, summer for like spring break or something. Um, yeah, if we have Black History Month year round, I think that's um, better for um, BHM, which I'm assuming trademarking if it's not already. <laughs> Don't you think that that's that having the, the merchandise available all year long decreases the demand kind of like girl scout cookies what happens if you sell girl scout cookies all year long mm. people don't want them as much the hype is that true i don't know because <laughs> <laughs> i feel like people will always throw down on some girl scout cookies but i guess if they're readily available it makes it maybe it makes it less special mm -hmm. um so but so is it like if you want, there's a time of the year where if you want a Girl Scout cookie, you can't get a Girl Scout cookie. Yeah, right. Like, I think it's Girl Scout cookie season now, but I don't think you can get it all year round. Well, maybe that's bad business on their part. I don't know if the Girl Scouts are a business model we should be looking at. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um. But no, yeah, I don't know. I I know we've taken a really like cynical um, view of Black History Month with this episode, but that's how I feel about it. As I feel very cynical about um, that. I feel like even though um, you know we went over the history a little bit, it feels mm. like um, a lot of just another um, chance for uh, empty gestures from white and non-black people. And um, the current state of uh, being black in America and being black in the world is very um, bleak and depressing. And um, so I think having a Black History Month while everything else is going on makes me feel pained. And um, yeah, uh, not, so, not how far we've come, but look how far we still have to come, more so. 
Yeah, so man. Get serious real quick. I, <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that, but I mean, I agree with everything you had just said. So, like, <laughs> and furthermore, like, I understand the original reasons for starting this, but I think that it's become this thing where it's been consumed by anti-blackness and white capitalist patriarchy, and it's been turned on its head into something else, which is an excuse for people to stratify history into separate things when black history is just history. Like it is American history. It is like all of history and it should be baked into everything else. Pulling it apart and making it this separate thing does the very thing that you claim you're not trying to do. And it pisses me off every time I see it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I feel like the other 11 months, um, Black history, the contributions of Black people to this country are erased, are whitewashed, are um, changed, and then this is a, everything is pushed to this one month, and then we find out about the inventor of some product as um, like the band-aid for um, all the things like Black people have actually done for this country, as this country, a part of this country. Um, yeah, I think that's the literally the tale of America. It's a tale of like white and black and um, the white people just trying to make have the invisible waiver of black people without ever having any other aspect besides like culture. Um, just take the labor and culture and um, exist as two people. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. <clears throat> so. <laughs> So yeah, so I think that's what Black History Month means now. I think it'll only continue to get more um, trivialized through hashtags and social media, um, through merchandising, through white people misunderstanding what they should be doing this month. Like yeah. again, with me, I feel like you normally can't win um, either from not doing any, from not posting anything to like posting about rereading bell hooks or something like. <laughs> you know you're you're just never gonna win my eyes but. my whole thing is like yeah seriously does it always does black history always have to be uh, encapsulated in a black person contributing to capitalism like in some way like through scholarly stuff or the invention of something or some sort of contribution to pop culture like, why can't we expand the whole meaning of what black history, if we're going to do this, let's expand the meaning of what black history is. Like, what, when was the first use of, like, certain words in AAVE or, like, you know, just different ways of existing, different ways of, like, ways of being and, like, pointing to that. That would be interesting to me. Um, just shit we haven't read about or heard about. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm really, I'm only interested in like what other black people say or post about black history. Honestly, I don't really care what black, white, what white corporations have to say about it or white institutions because they have no stake in this shit really. Um, yeah. they live like they don't. Yeah. I, like I completely agree. And I think to your point, yeah, like I think, um, finding out about like actual like things that, um, have happened to like black people as a as a people as a culture you know talking about um the evolution of language i feel like that's really interesting and fascinating but mm -hmm. i feel like that stuff that like you know um to your point that's like we 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 learn about it and engage in every day as like black yes. people online sharing information with each other 
um, are always like educating and finding out, helping each other learn more um, parts of our own history every day. Like I feel like we do that every day with each other online. True. Um, I'm finding out about black stuff from other black people all the time online. Um, yeah, that's not that's not uh, relegated to February. That's no. not just happening in February. I mean, I think it's ridiculous to think that like now February first started. There's some like switch that turned on for um, us to now be allowed to talk about our history um, or something like, yeah. So I think, again, it, it feels like maybe, I know like, yeah, maybe it was still started by black people. This is initial um, idea and focus, but I think again, like, um, you know, like a uh, rock and roll, it's. Mm. <laughs> rock and roll, jazz, hip hop, <laughs> all of it. Pop pretty music, much. Yeah. Did you hear that the like, first grunge band, the first grunge band on record was in Seattle and had a black woman as the front. I didn't know that, but uh -huh. not surprised at all. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. But well, so, so are you saying that Black History Month is based essentially just window dressing for non-black people now? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> like, I think, like, I feel like, you know, because I don't think like black people are waiting to celebrate blackness in February. Like, I think if black people want to celebrate blackness, they're not waiting until February to do it. Um, mm -hmm. If they want to like celebrate uh, stuff about their culture, if they want to like tell other people some fact they found out that's not like, oh, February, I'm going to have all this information. I can't wait to share on February. They're sharing it whatever day they find it out. And um, yeah, like, I don't know, maybe like, I mean, growing up, maybe it was different, like being in school. I'm not in school anymore. I'm not a kid in school anymore. Um, but even then, that was still like cringeworthy, those cringeworthy moments where you're like, in school you know if you're like one of the few black kids in the classroom all of a sudden you're made to explain examples or you know <laughs> become the hyper focus um or all of a sudden the things that people are reading about in history books they can <laughs> ask you or something um so i feel like yeah that was never that was never a uh, fun or um you know like a feel good celebratory thing um see i feel like i wouldn't say that i have had had an anomaly of an experience in that regard, but I do feel that my experience is one that is not often talked about. Cause like, first of all, I grew up in a black neighborhood. So like I was, ex I was learning about history in real time with other black people. So there's a level of like grain of salt there. But also I had a history teacher throughout the duration of my high school career who made it a point, even though he was a white man, made it a point to point out all the discrepancies in our history textbooks. And that's because I was, you know, in what they call like talented or gifted or whatever. So um, it was an advanced level, which there are issues with that too, because there were social economic implications. But like I had a teacher who made a point to point to like mention that, oh, Andrew Jackson was a staunch racist or like, or had us read um, behind the, May like um, beyond the Mayflower in conjunction with the history books and other texts that sort of discussed explicitly the role of blackness in history. So like from a pretty young age, I knew it was all bullshit. Um, and I was given the tools to interrogate that, which further makes me not like vibe with black history, well, hashtag BHM very much. And, when, and that's another thing, when did it become hashtag BHM? Because I missed the memo on that. Maybe this year? I don't know. I feel like I wasn't <laughs> seeing it much last year, then all of a sudden I was seeing BHM a lot, and I was like, what's BHM? Like, oh, yeah, Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, because I thought it was like body mass index. I was like, no, that's not. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, so I don't know. uh, Instagram, um, Facebook, maybe uh, they made it happen this year. Maybe, like, I don't know if it's too, like, I was thinking about this, like, maybe because of, like, the summer we had last year and, like, the protests and then the viralization of, like, BLM, uh, Black Lives Matter, maybe uh, people thought it was, it was fine to just be like, hey, we have to change the H. We can't mm. <laughs> um, all of our um, social media uh, radicalizations. Because, you know? I mean, I've, I haven't looked, but maybe, like, Tinder profiles now are just, like, Black Lives or Black History Month. <laughs> I mean, probably. Black Lives Matter or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so we'll blame it we'll blame it on um the internet do you think there's any way to reclaim the meaning or the importance of black history month um i don't know i think like again i think like like because i because i would wonder if like if if taking it away is gonna like obviously i feel like taking it away would be feel more damaging than not than leaving it um mm-hmm. But again, like, I feel like it's, like, I feel like it's independent of, of, like, Black people in that sense of, uh, like, I think the things that Black History Month is supposed to, like, try to achieve, I think Black people are already doing every day already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, like, I don't know, because I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think, like, who, I'm trying to think of, like, anybody I know that seems, like, into it, you know, like, excited about it, like, um, you know, like, a sincere belief in black history month and i don't know i feel like everybody just like is like cynical about not everybody but like all the, i mean when i say i mean other black people um, yeah, yeah just feel like cynical about it or feel like it's like a honestly i think it's just a, a time to collect money and honestly i think that's what it comes down to i think like you know that seems like the most cynical way but i think we live in a world where that's what makes the world go round and i think black history month the only way it should matter to black people is by the amount of money they get from uh non-black people yeah so if black history month becomes like a vehicle for um black people to get money then yes or it continues to be one or it is made one even more so do you would you say it is now is is that now because i don't know i think i i think um if you're if you're a black person and you're trying to get money during black history month it's probably easier than other months i haven't personally tried to get any money this month yet but i'm Mm -hmm. waiting for the last day of February because it's going to be the last day of Black History Month and my birthday. So oh. then <laughs> So then I'll be like, "Hey, it's Black History Month and my birthday. Here's my Venmo." <laughs> um, so I haven't tried I haven't I haven't used that card yet, so I'm waiting, but <laughs> Okay. I mean, I've seen I've seen stuff on the Twitter from like pretty well established um black black folks, black scholars, artists who are complaining about the the offers that they get during Black History Month, which I imagine are like lowball panel like invites and that sort of shit, where they're not getting that much money, but people want them to be on their panels. I don't know if I consider that getting money. Yeah, I think that kind of stuff, like I, yeah, the tokenization of being like a black person on a, a Black History Month panel, I think that's lame. I mean, I think NTPs had a, done some stuff like that in the past, not like intentionally all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> I think we were like, hey, let's NTP exhibit. Let's uh, schedule it for February. Um, you know, but uh, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> sir. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, I think everybody's trying to like gear you towards that, and I think yeah, like I personally would am gonna be like I'm never showing in February because I'm not gonna be trying to trick into being. So you, so you saying that you're never ever gonna show in February ever again? Ever. Well, I think I've said never to a lot of things on the show before, Melanie, that I've ended up doing so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like I would show in February if it's like under the right context, but I'm not gonna be like tricked into like coming to a gallery space, be like, hey, you know, like this like white curator being like, hey, here's some amazing uh, February show, and then you get to the gallery and it's like a Black History Month show. Um, I so, got a big sign that says black on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I think like I'll try to like avoid that. I'm not like against the idea of showing in February in general, but um, I think yeah, like I'm very aware of. Uh, being somebody's um hashtag bhm um content yeah yeah i don't ever want to be that again because then it's, it's weird too because like we have black history month um and then what is the extent of that because then i was just thinking like oh yeah there's like wasn't there hispanic heritage month and like mm -hmm. shouldn't be black people be all over that shit too what about like black hispanic people is that just a second black history month um, then of course I like, like obviously like again goes into like what you're talking about earlier about like um, being able to box things in into these little um, concrete boxes so there's no spillover right everybody everybody gets their own months but then some people are multiple people and then you know like obviously the anti-blackness of Hispanic Heritage Month and then the maybe maybe by juxtaposition it um, positions uh, Black History Month as like this monolithic idea of blackness. Mm -hmm. um potentially but again i think like who's operating in those terms i think again mostly non-black people maybe yeah. having those those readings or those like simplifications of a thing but um and, yeah, and honestly, I think that's a big part of it too like the framework like who who's guiding these things who's like creating these moments um these black history moments or whatever does it change if you put black people in charge maybe not who knows but like what would that look like I wonder about that too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be nice, like, right? What we have one federal holiday in February, um, mm -hmm. Lincoln's birthday or President's Day. No, that's President's Day is January, right? So we have yeah. President's Day in January. So is there no federal holidays in February? Um, I don't know. Let me see. Oh, Washington's birthday is, I think, the only um, federal holiday yeah. in February. Mm -hmm. um, so I think having more fucking federal holidays in February um, where, like, every employee actually gets time off, I think um, that could be nice. That could be a, a nice Black History Month thing, um, a week where Black people don't have to go to work or something. Um, yeah. Call in white people who are, like, robots for, like, a week. <laughs> I think something like not, that. So, okay, so, so breaking it down into like more niche holidays, you think would help? No, I think like, I think like if for Black History Month to like matter to like be beneficial to Black people, then it needs to be like concrete things besides just like um, pictures of MLK on the wall or um black history month banners and stuff like that i think yeah it'd be cool to like you know we talked about obviously like money or like changing yeah. the entire world for like to be predicated on black liberation 
Um, but yeah, maybe maybe like a small thing is like a fucking some federal holiday or something, uh, stuff like that. I think okay. it seems like a simple thing, or um, even even something else. I don't know. Like uh, I don't even know what else. Maybe something that the United States doesn't do. Maybe there's like uh, a lottery that every black person gets entered in um, mm-hmm. during the month, and every there's a winner every day. Can you imagine like they're giving away ten million dollars every day in February just to a black person? And it's just a random drawing. See, that would get people into it. And people would be, be watching cool. the TV every night for the drawing, which black person is going to win tonight. You have 28 winners. I think that could be something. I think that you have just created a plot for an amazing dystopian narrative. <laughs> Thank you, Max. I will be borrowing that. Yeah. <laughs> Shout me out in the... In the <laughs> no, I love it. Like... There's just, yeah, there's just kind of a general lack of imagination with what BHM has become. Yeah, maybe we need, like, maybe we start needing to have, like, um, people need to report seeing, like, MLK around or something like that. Like, I saw, like, Martin Luther King Jr. yesterday, he gave me a ride home or, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like I saw like, him at the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, having, like, maybe we can start, like, having all these, um, sightings and like i think maybe we need some like mythology around it you know like uh start having some characters i mean you know what i i do like that because remember when there was a thing going around where people were going to get where black people were going to get superpowers like i loved that we collectively just decided to create this mythology i would love to see more of that that'd be amazing yeah i think stuff like that yeah i think we i think for us to be invested in it we need to have some fun with it we need to um, some have some characters, some mm-hmm. costumes or something, um, something. Yeah, and then we'll nice. check it out. Very cool. Maybe NTP twenty twenty two will um, have a the future of Black History Month party or proposal or plan PowerPoint. <laughs> should we have it on February twenty second, twenty twenty two? Yeah, something like that. Maybe we should have it in March. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you want to talk, I see on your list that you want to talk about shout outs. Can you? Oh yeah, I just, I'm going, I'm going to, uh, to our earlier comment about, um, uh, what's the word we were using? Um, virtue signaling, um, empty gestures, uh, white people on the internet thinking mm. they're cool. Um, just like, yeah, shout out uh, all the white people that posting um, fuck police, uh, mm. DAB, but that have called the police in the, in the past. Um, there's some white people in particular I can think of. Um, but wow. Yeah, like, like how wow. Gonna, okay, Max. Like, how are you going to, like, post that shit, but then know, like, you know. That so you, you just woke up today people. and chose violence. So you just, you just want to be messy. Is that what we're doing? No, no, no. This? See, like, I, I didn't wake On up today. On Beyonce's Black that. History Month? <laughs> I didn't wake up and choose that. Me and, my, me and my therapist, we've been having our meetings. So she's been telling me to, to slowly tease it out. Slowly tease it out. <laughs> I didn't wake up angry. I've been I've been learning to control my anger. <laughs> but um yeah, so shout out shout out those people, shout out uh white people that um that don't practice what they preach. Uh what's the thing about uh um I should have written this down like you do your seaweed glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> um 
the theory without practice, you just become a fascist. Isn't that a saying? Something like mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So all the people that do that theory without a practice, all the people that we read bell hooks and then beat people up. Um, shout out all them. That's my, <laughs> my shout out mm-hmm. for that. So yeah, if you if you've ever called the police before on somebody else, if you've uh, but then you post a fuck the police meme, um, maybe you should think about that. Um, yeah. and you should check your white friends. Why are you protecting white violent people? Um, why do you make mm-hmm. apologies for white people? White people obviously can be as violent as anybody else. Um, Soho, Karen, all the Karens, I think. Mm. Um, white, um, their white victimhood prevents them from perpetuating violence. Yeah. Unfollow me. <laughs> all right, that's my, that's my talking point. Okay. <laughs> but then I, I have another I, one. Um, but <laughs> so my, sort of my next point, also like, was also um I've I've seen about like thick in general, but then white people using thick. Obviously, white people use thick now. Wait, wait, I'm gonna stop you right there because I didn't know that white people use thick. Um, I have not seen that, and that would piss me off if I had. See, that's the thing, Melanie. I feel like from our conversations today and in general, I feel like it seems like maybe the white people you follow stress you out way less. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Is like I need to like unfollow all these other white people or something, or just follow the white people you follow. <laughs> well, in general, I only fuck with people who who do better and know better. In general, like across the board. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't follow any. I'd like to think I don't follow any problematic white people. Obviously, there are a couple that get under the cracks because they pretend in front of me, and I do stress out about that. But they know not to do that shit in front of me. So there's that. Well, yeah, I ran into this uh, little conundrum. Um, so last summer, I went through like an unfollowing spree, and I just started following, unfollowing all these white people left and right. Because um, mm-hmm. I was like, every day I was just getting up, and some white person was was uh, being the wrong person I saw that day. <laughs> um, so, I, so I did all this unfollowing, and I was like, I had forgot about all these people I unfollowed them all of a sudden. Um, here and there I would be getting like messages or something from these people I was like oh yeah I hadn't followed you but now like I'm not angry anymore and it's like should I refollow them and then have that acknowledgement of refollowing them or I should just like stay unfollow them and never have to see them again but Mm -hmm. then sometimes they'll message me and I was like do you know that I've unfollowed you why are you messaging me um but yeah I I don't I guess my ultimate point is I I kind of feel bad about some of the people I've unfollowed but I don't want to like I don't want to feel bad (laughs) But it's not like I want to refollow them or like maintain mm-hmm. some relationship. But then it, but then later now, right? Because it's one thing to be like, oh, I don't want to deal with any of this stuff, right? During the summer, and now it's like, oh yeah, like I unfollowed you, but now we have to like run into each other, and then after have to address that, like, oh yeah, I don't fuck with you anymore. Um, I've become militant, and um, <laughs> I'm not messing with <laughs> any white um, kids anymore. So who knows? I'm just saying so much random stuff, Melanie, I don't even know. No, 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 like, I know so many <laughs> Black people that have had, like, major purgings over the last five years. That has not been my case, but it's also because, I guess, maybe I don't have a whole lot of white friends? I don't know. Yeah. And the, yeah. white, the white friends I do have, again, they know better. They do better. So, yeah. like, also, I'm trying to take a book out of your page, Melanie. I feel like I need to... Um, because I didn't even feel like they're my friends. I don't even know why they're on my social media playing around. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, um, I I will say this. I, occasionally, I will see a white friend using AAVE. It's not one of the more apparent ones, like thick, but like 
it'll be like some slang bullshit or whatever. And it does make me wince. But I kind of pick and choose my battles there because I can't I can't wake up. At, I can't wake up angry at breakfast. That's just too much. You know what I mean? Banging on bacon. Yeah, banging on bacon. I can't. <laughs> I know I know a few folks who live like this and they just seem miserable and I don't have the energy. See, so I so I've been trying to I've been trying to not do that. So I've actually been um not sleeping with my phone anymore and I've just been putting it mm. somewhere else. So when mm. I wake up in the morning, uh, there's no screens around me. So I can't cuz usually like I'll wake up and then I'll be like, "Oh, let me go on Instagram or whatever." Mm. Um but so yeah, I'll take my I've only started doing this like a couple days. Um yeah, to like, so I have to get up to uh, get my phone, and by then I can be up and I'm not in bed checking my Instagram. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. Yeah. One, we just want justice, Melanie. <laughs> justice is a long time coming. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <sighs> but oh yeah, then I'll see. Um, I guess I should just unfollow these people when I do it the first time. Um, but cause sometimes I'll just like screenshot it and then send it to somebody else. <laughs> send it to like another black person and talk. <laughs> you won't believe this. <laughs> I only had to do that once. And I think you remember who I did it for. And it wasn't a white person. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and see, okay. See that, that's a tricky first tricky thing because I am still friends, social media friends with that person because it's too risky to openly unfriend them, you know, specifically because I personally didn't address their bullshit. Um, but also we have so many mutuals and run in so many of the same professional circles that I can't unfriend them without kind of putting myself at risk, you know? Yeah. And that is tricky. It's annoying, but what you can do is you can soft block them or you like mute all their shit. That's a possibility. Yeah, see, I do that too, and then I feel bad about it, because um, sometimes I'll soft block people, and then I'll still watch their stories, so they won't. So they'll like, I'll watch their stories every now and then, just so they think that they're not soft blocked. <laughs> That's like, clever. That's, That's clever. Too much. But then I, I recently unsoft blocked somebody. I was like, all right, you've been soft blocked for months, and I'm not annoyed with you anymore. Um, I'll un, I'll unsoft block you, and then we had like maybe maybe less than a week before they like posted a tag somebody that I actually did block and I was like I can't I can't um, <laughs> even, even risk looking at this content so I had a <laughs> they were re-soft blocked but <laughs> um but no I I what were you talking about uh oh yeah but to your point I do um I think after that conversation about you and that other person um because mm-hmm. I was like because sometimes I will I will like a post before I read it, uh, like, really, I'll just, and I'll just like like it because I used to like when I first was on Instagram, I would just like everything because I was like, oh, that gives me more interaction. I don't care what I'm looking at; I'm just liking everything. <laughs> oh my god! Racing through every story. I didn't know if it was true or not, but that's how I interacted with Instagram. That's why I, <laughs> I don't want to talk about. It. That's my method for other things, but it is too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I was like, then I was like, oh shit! Like, thank God. You know, like I could have accidentally liked some some posts that I never knew, like what was said. But then there's also been times where I've liked a post and then I saw who posted it and I'll unlike it or I'll read the caption and then I'll unlike it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty selective in what I like. Also, I don't do a lot of engagement on social media because I'm I'm an old. Um, <laughs> also, it's just that that's a whole other job. 
in order to do social media the right way and I'm not interested in taking up another job. So I'll get on for like maybe a five minute block and like the things that seem interesting and watch a couple of stories and then that's it for me. Um, but mostly then I'm just posting my own shit. So, um, but like, yeah, when I see cultural appropriation on that level where it's like, cause there's some AAV where white people are appropriating, but they don't even understand that they're appropriating because black culture is so embedded in American culture. It is American culture. So parts of it are just kind of like, um, erased and um, vultured and like uh, scavenged and there will be words that pop up that like general pop don't even understand came from black culture and I allow a little bit of grace for that although like in private company I might call them out but like for very specific niche things like thick um, I'm gonna call some people out like that might get an unfollow from me like for real because that's some bullshit you don't get to say that sorry yeah no I agree with all that I feel like you you give more leniency because I will I won't excuse anybody for um any like appropriation I think they're like I can't I feel like I should have the examples but I can't think of any specific examples but like mm -hmm. there's like certain phrases that um that like white people use or that will think that like oh that's just like an internet phrase or like this is how the internet says that but they won't know, like, oh that's like black people black people say shit like that and then it's like white people like little white dudes started fucking saying that and now you fucking say that and you think it's just like an internet and you're like no that that too is aave like mm -hmm. even though in the previous post you're just like here's like all types of avav and then you'd be like it'd be like that sometime or it'd be like that though <laughs> it's like no it doesn't um just like stuff like that drives me crazy and then yeah but then there's still some people that do that and then i'll also i guess i'm still falling but sometimes I, I don't want to say who but um maybe if you're listening you know who you are you uh they they were saying that they were gonna do uh, a social media that was just um of white people using <laughs> AAV. so sometimes i'll send them content for uh, the social media that's never gonna happen but <laughs> i mean i would like to see it so <laughs> But yeah, I think it's so prevalent to where it's like, can you, can you even fight it anymore? It's like you're trying to throw like um, fire or water on the fire in the corner, but then you're still surrounded by fire and you're like, oh yeah, am I getting, and then it was like, is it, what does it mean if I'm, me today, I'm like targeting, targeting this one, this one white person using AAV, you're unfollowing them. Is that, does that stop them from using it? Does that stop no, them from, from getting does. shows at art galleries that stop them from winning awards or whatever? Does that? stop them from working with Pam or anything or who knows what that was very specific no I mean a lot of people work with Pam I'm not I mean it could be over different times <laughs> no um no it doesn't stop them that's the thing like these individual interactions I mean I want to believe that if I have a conversation with with someone who's fucking up that they listen to a modicum of what I'm saying and adjust accordingly but there's no way to know that. And even if they do, like, are they spreading that information to their friends or do they remain quiet in mixed company? It's like these like tiny little waves in an ocean. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, you know, you shame somebody for this one time, but then they yeah, like go, or what's that one meme where it's like, um, um, it's like two people talking and it's like, 
she called you the n-word and you're like they you're like oh yeah sorry they called you the n-word <laughs> 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 yeah but anyways oh yeah so thick so yeah white people using thick um this i always i always assumed thick was spelled with two c's to come this is my own um what's the word uh in, wait wait can we just in what context have you heard white people use this word i don't know like they're like here's a story and then there's the word thick on it referring to like Maybe they're complimenting their friend. Maybe they're talking about themselves. Um, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to take a screenshot and save it next time. Okay, because I, I, don't, I don't understand how that would even come up. Like, <laughs> I think they're talking about they're referring to somebody as something. Um, Someone black? No. I don't okay. Think so. I think a white person is referring to another white person as that. Or... That's not possible, though. But okay, fine. Oh. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Melanie, I'm not the one making these posts. I don't know how to defend them. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd always thought like this. I haven't. I haven't done any research about this. But this is my own um, armchair. Um, what's the fucking study of people? Uh, anthropology. Anthropologists. Um, mm -hmm. I always thought thick um, had some roots, maybe in like um southern california dialect from the double c being uh like a crypt um spelling because they're not put ck together right for crypt killer because i always like anytime i see a double c that's mm -hmm. like oh that's like has its roots and like a spelling variation mm -hmm. from um crypt culture because they don't want to ever put ck together for to that means a crypt killer um so i don't know if that's true or not at all um somebody can if somebody listening can, can correct me but so yeah. i was like oh so i was initially i was like oh yeah white people using thick but then i was like white people spelling thick with two c's then i was like there's like is there like is there even any other like uh even modicum of understanding of the potential like historical context of that or like what they're even saying because it's not like somebody can say thick and not have a spell like that, then I did also the idea of thick being spelled that way is like maybe like, oh, only a certain type of people spell thick that way, like only a certain type of black people spell thick that way. Not mm -hmm. like this ubiquitous idea, but then again, like not knowing what the origin of things or things come from, being like, oh yeah, then it loses its meaning. Um, or then it becomes like, oh yeah, this is just like how black people spell thick when I was like, oh, it could have been like a very specific yeah. uh, purpose or reasoning. Did you hear about the Danny Lee situation with that oh, song? Okay. Um, Danny Lee, I think that's how you say her name. She's the baby's current girlfriend. Um, she put out a song called Yellowbone. Um, time, uh, oh, I think did you maybe you told me about this before? It it wasn't me. We haven't talked about it. Okay, I um, think I've heard about this then because yeah, to, she was like talking shit about like an ex girlfriend. Well. Or the hook is like some some bullshit like he he want a he he want a yellow bone or he says he likes a yellow bone or whatever but he, um, she's white she's dominican oh okay and we saw like she's so we've seen pictures of her parents who look white so she is white mm -hmm. a white person cannot use yellow bone red bone they cannot refer to themselves that way. Yeah, that doesn't apply to you. You can't just because you're blonde and you got a tan doesn't mean you become yellow. <laughs> and that's before we, you get into the problematics of any fucking person using those terms. Okay, um, and 
And then the song is also terrible, which is even worse. <laughs> it's not even good. <laughs> and it's like, no, yeah, like I've seen, I've seen like TikToks or like things that have rolled through my timeline of white people getting awfully liberal with specific niche terms that originated in the black community and are meant to refer specifically to black people. Like, and it's bullshit, it's annoying. Maybe she's just a thick yellow bone, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's like, I think that's so wild and disgusting and like the amount of like proliferation of like digital blackface, even if it's not like people pretending to be black people that are like white, like alabaster trying to um, get here looking like they're dark as shit. Um, yeah. That's so, I mean, obviously you already know all the connotations yeah. of the violence, but it's just like, wow. And it's so prevalent. It's so prevalent. Like people like, I mean, I can't even, I'm not even scratching the surface because it's just bringing up so many things. And then like the moment I talk about how widespread it is on fucking social media, it just makes me automatically think of all the people in academia, <laughs> women in academia <laughs> that, um, that we found out are on black, right? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Like what's the, no, I was gonna, I was gonna say something stupid as well. I was gonna say what's the prize for doing that, but they've displayed what the prize is. They get all these accolades and shit. So I don't even, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but it's fucking annoying and insulting and offensive and people continue to do it. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so like, it's so widespread because it's like, I, if you are going to draw the line, where do we, I mean, I think we should cancel Ariana Grande. We could start there. I mean, is that it? Listen, listen, <laughs> I have never been on board for Ariana. I don't care what these young people say. I don't give a damn. This white woman came, came aboard with a tan and everyone was acting like she wasn't white. Like, I don't. Is that a generational thing? I think I we just forget. I think because I don't. I think we haven't seen her white in so long that like people will think like, oh, she's something, um, you know. Because like I, I think it's really hard to find a picture of her where she looks her like natural skin color. Um, yeah, and I think even if people like know that she's white, it still it still becomes this like different perception, right? You're like, oh yeah, Arya Grande is white, but like, oh, and is now is that what like white is? Is it like dark bronze tan or whatever? <laughs> That's um, all it takes. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, but yeah, like is that we because like that's like an, an example of it. Like, is I don't think she's like participating in any less than some of these other like Instagram people. So it's like Arya Gondor is a perpetrator of it. A perpetrator. I feel of it. like you're gonna get some people mad at us. We're gonna get some angry letters, Max. But... Some people that like Ariana Grande. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> At Nat Turner Project Zero at gmail.com. <laughs> um, but yeah, please, please send your letters so we have something to read. I just, um, yeah, I never got the Ariana Grande thing. I never even really started listening to her music for that very reason because I was just confused. Like, why is everybody okay with this? Like, it's not okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not okay with it. I don't know who's okay with it. And if the, if the, um, the comeback is young kids are okay with it. Young kids learn, they grow up, they're, they're idiots once. There's things that I thought were cool when I was 12 that are dumb as shit. <laughs> same, same. 
Anyway, that's my that's my unresearched, uneducated take on thick. Um, <laughs> it could be right. I could be wildly off, but I feel like I'm right. So um, <laughs> check me check me if I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, let's talk about our personal Black History Months. You first. Um, you go first. <laughs> okay. Are, like, do you mean like our ideal Black History Month? See, I didn't know what I meant. That's why I wanted to see how you interpreted the question. I didn't know if you wanted to do like, do you have like a personal history thing you like? Um, what's Molly uh, Stevens? Molly um, Stevens was born in Miami. <laughs> oh, like our like our individual Black histories? Yeah. Okay. You want to or yeah. Something like that. Sure. I will. I will give my personal Black history of me, who is Black. <laughs> Um, I was born in 1979 in Miami. Um, both of my parents are from St. Thomas, Virgin Islands. Um, though my mom grew up there, um, but was born in New York. Um, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia when I was 10. Um, where I spent uh, my my young adolescence, and then I went to Connecticut for school um, and hated it there, and came back after I graduated, where I worked in Atlanta for 15 years in mid-level, in a mid-level corporate, well, c customer service and then mid-level corporate, and doing, I did art on the side and on weekends, so not a whole lot of sleeping, and then when I was 35, I decided to move across the country to Portland to go to art school so that I could change professions and become an artist. And I am now here five years later doing just that. And an educator, which, surprise, I guess I'm a teacher now too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's my black history. Yay. And I also make comics, which I have been doing for 10 years now. What about you? What's your what's the Maximiliano Black history? Um, let's see. I did. Um, I think I got an Ancestry.com um, 2019 for for I think Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, so I do know that um, my Black family ended up in Virginia um, initially um, upon arriving on these shores, um, oh. and then we uh, managed to make our way to Ohio. Um, Dayton, Ohio, I guess, um, according to what I've been told from my family and stuff that, um, Caesar is, uh, or my, so my grandma's maiden name is Caesar, um, shout out Nancy Caesar, um, and I guess Caesar isn't that common of a last name for black people, and, um, there's, like, a lot, a lot of, uh, Caesar, black people last name Caesars, in, like, the Dayton, Ohio area, um, and I think I'm related to most of them somehow. Um, so yeah, Black Caesars, Dayton, Ohio. Um, then what else? I was born in Dayton, Ohio too. Um, as I said, like all my black family is from Dayton, Ohio. Um, so long lines. My grandma was born in Dayton, Ohio. Um, and then we moved when I was a kid into Texas. Um, some stuff happened. I live in Portland now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's my that's my black history. Yeah, uh, I feel like you skipped a lot of shit, but that's fine. No, there wasn't anything in, in Florida and Texas. I grew up in Texas, and I lived there. Then I went to school there. Then I eventually moved to Portland five years ago. You um, don't you don't feel that living in Texas shaped you in some way, though? 
Because I know oh, yeah. living in Thailand shaped me. No, I'm, yeah, Kaiser shaped me. Um, dirty, uh, dirty third, keep it trill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how we do nine seven two, the two one four eight one seven. Um, North Texas all day. Um, third coast, don't forget. Yeah, you know um, we sit and we swing. Um, mm-hmm. Two tones and on twenty eighth. As you, as you know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so 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 I lived in Texas. I was um I was out there balling, living large. Um, it was hot. It was real hot all the time. Um, so I came to Portland. But yeah, I, I that's like more more of my present. But yeah, I think my my black history is a uh, uh, black Caesars in Ohio. Okay. So there you go. Come all and right. find us. Black Sorry. history. All right. Um, Here you want. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to move on to the next thing, but oh, yeah, sounds- I was going to say my last talking point is uh, oh. the the little Izuvert new uh, news. Okay, like I'm an, as I said, I'm an old, so I haven't heard much about this except a couple things in passing. So can you break down exactly what happened here? Because I feel like things have been exaggerated. No, I don't. I don't think it's been that exaggerated. It is okay. a twenty-four million dollar diamond. Oh, it is. I yes. I was. I swore that was inflated. Okay. No, I I I, did a, I looked at a bunch of different articles. He was like, I've been saving for this for years. It's a it's a twenty-four million dollar diamond, um, that he got on his forehead. So Uzi Vert got a got a piercing, a dermal, um, of a diamond, a giant ass diamond, on the middle of his forehead. Twenty-four million dollars. Okay, I have some logistical questions. Is this diamond all paid for, or is, does he have to continue to pay for it in installments? Does he have $24 million? I think um, he, he made it seem like he'd been saving up for it for years, but I still don't know like what kind of money Uzi works with to know if, like, if he was able to save $24 million in like three years, maybe, or if he like paid part of it and is like, paying it off. I don't know. I don't know those details, but... Um, but the price is, yeah, accurate at $24 million. Damn. All right, how do you feel about it? Initially, you know, I was a little upset. I was like, really, you're going to spend $24 million on that? But um, I thought it was unfair of me to, to be critical of him because um, I think it's easy to be critical of something in the news because it's, like, in your mind. But I'm not, like, over here yelling at all the evil people spending $24 million in horrible, evil ways, like making weapons or, like, drones or whatever. So I was like, you know... I guess that's cool. Like, I mean, I think it's cooler than not cool, I guess. I'm pretty indifferent about the whole thing. I don't really care. (laughs) I mean, would it be nice if Lil Uzi Vert shouldered the problems of his entire community and decided to disperse $24 million amongst them? Yes. Is it realistic? No. Is it fair? Also, no. So, I mean, at the end of the day, within the context of the society that we live in, he can do whatever the hell he wants with his money. I am also concerned about whether or not he's going to be okay with this tattoo, say, 15 years from now. Well, I think he has to, yeah, I think that's the fear. He's going to worry about um, when Thanos comes to try to unite all the Infinity Gems. (laughs) He's going to have to rip it out of his forehead. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. No, I do. Like, I do think. Scarlet Witch by then, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah. oh. I do think about, like, 
what was like wild shit when I was younger because I remember when like Lil Wayne and Birdman got all their teeth removed and were replaced with like diamonds and like mm-hmm. some platinum encrusted diamonds in their entire grill and like I think they both still have it and still have to go to the dentist like every two weeks just for like upkeeping and stuff like that it wasn't just like a one-time thing it's like your whole life is gonna need like regular maintenance like this is gonna be an expensive thing to like maintain forever so I don't know if they still both have them I think I may have heard Wayne went back to regular teeth but um but that was like that level of like extravagance where Mm -hmm. all your teeth became like diamonds and platinum um but I think even then that still wasn't anywhere near 24 million um, yeah for them so I mean that's just like what we're at now like that's the TikTok snap snapchat um instagram uh days yeah i mean it's it's an extravagant amount of money to spend on an adornment um and i just can't relate because i've never been into jewelry like that at all like i would never choose to spend that amount of money on any piece of jewelry like ever um but that being said there's something to be said about this idea of it being a radical like act to take your black body and adorn it with these things that our society deems the most valuable to like embellish or change or render your body in this way to to add value or it could be the opposite of radical in that you're subscribing to the capitalistic value system i don't know you could look at it either way it's weird what do you think um yeah i could see it being radical i think it's yeah open for critique easy to critique um somebody spending this money right but again i don't i think it's we're not over here judging like uh oprah for buying another 24 million dollar house or something um Mm. it's like oh 24 million dollars on something that seems so unnecessary i think like maybe that's what makes it easier to seem so outlandish or so ridiculous um but yeah i think like i think to, to to one point i think it is like radical in the sense to have like uh yeah a black person on 24 million dollar um diamond on their forehead but i think maybe on another level it points to the absurdity of uh the wealth that we live in now right we live in this age of um so many billionaires and um you know jeff bezos and stuff so it's like of course you know an, in an age of jeff bezos trillionaire we have rappers getting quarter um you know, or $25 million uh, forehead pieces. <laughs> I, honestly, I think it'll be just like a gate, uh, a gateway that opens other site, other types of like um, outlandish body modifications. Yeah. Like, it, like um, different ways that are also expensive. I think like, you know, people will have straight up like diamond eyebrows in the future. Like all this will just be replaced by like maybe multiple or like a single like piece of diamond. I can see that. Do you ever foresee the shifting of material, like the value of materials, like any circumstance in which the the value of diamonds or or whatever drops significantly and something else replaces it. That could be interesting. Maybe like the only thing I could see replacing that is water because I think like diamonds yeah. and like platinum and all that is like so valuable because it's so finite. Um, and I don't think there's like something we've discovered that's like less valuable. Like maybe if we can harness like plutonium it's like all of a sudden people are gonna like rock plutonium or something like that mm-hmm. um but i see it as like yeah i just see it as potentially um 
the opening of um, further body modifications of like an extravagant opulence. But I also see it as like maybe like other steps forward into like um, some like post-human trajectory world yeah. where, um, you know, Uzi Vert getting a diamond um, on his forehead is like the beginning of us like, yeah, continuing to like go in that direction and um yeah you know maybe like the next generation it'll seem normal to have uh diamond forehead it's very possible like even with like the piercings that we have now they would be seen very differently like say 30 40 years from now right hmm. yeah it's all relative nothing can ever be known or communicated yeah <laughs> um so i guess it's now time for our segments okay so now it's time for Celie's glass of water a special shout out for the folks who are doing the most with not even the least oh mr talking trash about sugar folks don't like nobody being too proud or too free Today's glass goes out to the folks that go out of their way to exploit black artists and scholars by asking them to do prolific work, usually regarding race, for little to no money. I recently had the extreme privilege of turning down a very lucrative art commission in favor of utilizing my time for things not attached to labor, which I never thought I would get here, so hallelujah. Hashtag blessed. But it made me think of all the other times not too long ago when I was forced to say yes to terrible things because I needed to make rent or pay bills. Oftentimes it was 60 to 90 minute panels of me pouring my heart out about my tragic experience as a black artist for $50 here or $75 there and sometimes no pay at all for just the mere, quote, exposure. And while I am now in a position to suck my teeth and ignore those terrible emails, I can't help but wonder about the folks who get hit up after I say no. As someone who has had some experience with event planning, organizing discussions, and writing funding proposals, I can no longer pretend that these oversights are unintentional. I have been asked to highly planned events where every single thing was budgeted, except somehow the POC guests who were invited never seemed to be financially compensated on par with the other components of the event but they sure as hell were asked to come be mascots of inclusion and diversity to lend an air of credibility. And let me tell you, nine times out of 10, it wasn't your standard issue tiki torch wielding MAGA folks doing this. It was the progressive down ass vetted woke white and non-black folks doing it. The folks who care enough to know that they need a splash of color in the mix, but not enough to establish competitive payment for them. And unfortunately, sometimes it has been black folks doing it too. Yep, a few months ago, two zero, like two months ago, a colleague of mine, a black man who I had respected and worked with in the past, reached out to me to create a 120 page comic, to write it, to draw it in full color in 18 months. Guess how much he wanted to pay me to do all of this work? 750 American dollars for 120 pages of comics. Yep, let it sink in. He gave me this offer with his whole chest and no shame. 
I believe this may have been the most offensive offer I have ever received. But the scary thing is, someone out there who doesn't know their worth may eventually take that deal, which makes me extremely sad. I hope that all of y'all suffer an endless array of paper cuts while having that dream where you fall down infinitely until you get your shit together and start paying people what they're worth. You deserve all of the worst things and nothing but forevermore. I don't know who hurt you and why you feel the need to pay it forward via economic violence, but it is gross and may you never prosper until you cease the bullshit. <laughs> yes, hell yeah. Um, insert my section. <laughs> Very official. <laughs> I'm the Nile is formed by three principal streams, the Blue Nile and the Atabara, which flow from the highlands of Ethiopia, and the White Nile, the headstreams of which flow into Lakes Victoria and Albert. I'm I guess it's time for parting words. It is. Um, my parting words are, yo, what's up, 2021? Um, hashtag uh, BHM. Um, yo, what's up? Get at me. Um, people love that gangster shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. These are bad. I'm restarted. <laughs> um, okay, parting words. Um, <laughs> yo, what's up? 2021. Um, hashtag Black History Month. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Thank you, Melanie. And uh, I'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks, Max. Um, my parting words are, as usual, it's a joy talking with you, Max. Um, you always manage to make me laugh and almost cry with every conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been fun. And I, I guess my other thing that I want to say is I hope all the Black folks out there have a wonderful Black History year, nay, Black History century. We all deserve it. Good night, y'all. Good night.